It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, purposely and judiciously protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with our expert, the co-host, my attorney, who should be your attorney, and his name, once again, as always, is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Your name has always been Michael Cohen, right? It's never changed. I just no, want to make sure. I, 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 I didn't change it to be uh, associated with some other more well-known Michael Cohen. <laughs> okay, very good. That's true. Well-known is a good way to put that. Or Don Jr. We joke about that too, a few times in the past. <laughs> Don Jr., we know who that is, and Michael Cohen, we sort of know who that is. Um, and better we not associate ourselves ourselves and keep our own identities as best as possible. But today, Michael, um, we want to talk about a success story of the week, not really the week, the month or the year. You tell me if it's the best one of the year. I love how in December they had the best, I was seeing yesterday, the best photographs of, of animals of the year. And they had some kangaroo playing the guitar or, or air guitar or something. And that was the best photograph of the year. And you have a success story. Is this the best one of the month, year? What is this one? You know, we have, uh, to me, we get a, a lot of different success stories. Mm-hmm. Just one that just happened, and but I could think of another one or two okay. uh, that you know that really comes out because it's unusual, right? Uh, that uh, and so usually it's not the typical uh, story uh, that you would see, and mm-hmm. so uh, to me, success stories are something that are different. Not oh that we prepared a will or a trust or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that's typical for to do whatever the client wanted. Uh, and that's the point. When you say success story, success is about the client's success. It's not yours. Right. To make certain that they don't get burned later, it's exactly what they wanted. You explained everything thoroughly and efficiently, and they know exactly what they can and can't do. And that's what this story is about, and it's related to powers of attorney. Yeah. Um, in this case, um, you know, there are certain basic documents. I guess we should explain what a power of attorney Please. is. A fin- and we're talking about a financial power of attorney. Financial power of attorney is somebody could deal with the different assets or sign contracts. It doesn't necessarily mean that you lose power. You just give the authority to somebody else. Okay. So, and we'll go into more detail what that includes uh, in just a second. But, you know, usually even on the most basic estate plans, somebody either has a will or a trust, the financial power of attorney, if you have a retirement account, how is somebody going to get to that money? If you're married, on if you have a home together with a spouse, how is the agent going to be able to sell or mortgage the property if you own an an interest with that spouse? Right. Um, the um, So a power of attorney is really something that's 
everybody should have. I, my two daughters, uh, when they turned 18, I had them not only do a power of attorney, a will, some of the basic documents, a medical power of attorney. Remember we talked about on a show a couple weeks ago about the significant other who didn't have a medical power of attorney, Mm -hmm. so her estranged dad was in charge of the medical decisions for her, and he stand to benefit from her estate because she didn't have a will. Oh, boy. So And kicked out the significant other from visiting her in the Mm -hmm. hospital Mm -hmm. because there was no medical power of attorney. Um, So a medical power of attorney is a pretty basic document. There's statutory language. In other words, state legislature even has a form for Mm -hmm. that. Um, There's um, HIPAA. The privacy laws, you know, every time you go to the doctor, mm-hmm. you have to sign something that says you have the authority. These people have the authority to – we could talk to. Uh, we usually do what's called a universal HIPAA, mm-hmm. which is says uh, I don't care who the doctor or hospital is. Um, these My loved ones here uh, can have access to my medical records even after I die so nobody can hide behind privacy laws. Right. Um, there's um, uh, Sometimes people have what's called a declaration of guardian and ventilator incompetence or need. Hmm. Uh, that's a document that says if I ever have a dispute, uh, uh, let's say, see, powers of attorney can be superseded by guardianship. So... I don't know if we talked about this case earlier in the year where um, 90-year-old dad had uh, uh, capacity. He named daughter number one as his agent under, let's say, the medical power of attorney and financial power of attorney, and daughter number two as the alternate. Two years later, dad uh, lacked capacity. Daughter number two said, dad would have wanted me to be in charge, Mm. so I'm going to court to seek guardianship. They didn't have this document. And daughter uh, number one said that she had spent 330,000 legal fees fighting her sister over control of dad. Uh, so it's only a one-page document, but uh, an ounce of prevention is worth the pound of cure. So these are all basic documents. Most people don't have that document, by the way. There are some other documents. Some, by the way, sometimes people have out-of-hospital DNRs, disposition of bodily remains, who's in charge of the body. So there are other documents, but the basic, really the most common ones are will, trust, power of attorney that deals with financial, medical power of attorney, living will, HIPAA, sometimes it's declaration guarding the ventilator and compensator need. Those are all basic. And in this case, the client had done those basic documents, and it said all to spouse, not spouse, all to children. Her spouse had predeceased her. Okay. All to my four children, but um, she had done those documents. But in the power of attorney, you could do more than just standard statutory language. There's all sorts of different things that you could add. Now, what is the standard statutory language? Well, there's a whole laundry list of things, and and so there, um, so there's a statute. And a lot of times, people use that statutory power of attorney because. Banks and financial institutions are familiar with the Texas language. So it may say, uh, it'll say about real property transactions. So, and it goes, it'll have a whole laundry list on the first page. Uh, and, and in the statute, it goes into great detail about each one of these. It could be a full page of description of different things on real property transactions. Sell, lease, hypothecate, assign, mortgage, transfer, deed, all sorts of different things. There's a whole, in a whole, you know, like I said, a, maybe a page or at least paragraphs on each one of these things. Not only real property transactions, personal property transactions, dealing with your 
who could sell my furniture? <laughs> Stock and bond transactions, right. commodity transactions, banking transactions, even deal with your safe deposit box. Um, of course, that has that. Per, that there's some tricks on that because you need to be really on the signature card uh, as well. Uh, but anyway, um, business operating transactions. And by the way, September 1st, we talked about new laws previously. Now they've added limited liability companies in that paragraph uh, okay. on business transactions, insurance and annuity transactions, estate and trust transactions, uh, claims and litigation, personal family maintenance, uh, some things dealing with public benefits, but that's only partially the answers. Go So there's a lot of different things, retirement plan transactions, mm-hmm. tax matters, digital assets. That's That was changed several years ago as that we get into more digital assets, whether it's cryptocurrency or Facebook. So there's all mm-hmm. sorts of different things in just the statute. So even if you just have a statutory power of attorney, and you don't have to have a statutory power of attorney in Texas, mm-hmm. it covers probably 10 pages of things that you could do Amazing. under law. But even with that, there are extra things that you could do. Mm-hmm. And so in this client situation, there was some extra things that we could do. Great. Including the ability to create trust. Now, when I mentioned estate and trust and other beneficiary transactions that's in the statutory language, that deals only with existing trust. You may need to have the authority to create a trust. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, uh, then you need to have these extra powers. So we had a show, I don't know how many months ago, about the hot powers. Uh, which are additional things. Why do we say hot powers? Because you could be burned either way. You better trust your agent to, before you give them these powers. And so there's these extra statutory powers that could be added, but you have to initial nowadays, you initial uh, what those extra powers are, or at least say them in the document. Okay. So two years ago, the client came in and signed the extra power to do uh, not only a uh, to be able to fund a trust and to create a trust and actually to even do a ladybird deed. By the way, I know you mentioned on a show a couple weeks ago about transfer on debt deeds. Mm-hmm. You cannot sign a transfer on debt deed with a power of attorney. The person the person has to have capacity to sign a transfer on debt okay. deed, which is a deed that says where the property goes upon debt. Makes sense. Um, but in any event, uh, she had given the ability to create or amend a trust uh, during her lifetime. Powers of attorney terminate on death. Mm -hmm. So she comes to uh, my office at the end of 2023 and says, I would like to change, I would like my property, mostly my home, uh, although it's still to go to my children, I want, I'm concerned about a spouse of one of my children. So we discussed having the property, if it was sold, to be distributed equally to the children, but it could go into different trust for the children, Mm -hmm. protecting from the uh, spouse of one one or more of the children. Okay. And she said, but there's one more thing I should tell you. I said, what's that? She said, I have pancreatic cancer. Oh, boy. Mm. And I said, Okay, we'll do this immediately. Mm-hmm. So we did it immediately. It's good. However, each time we set up an appointment for her to come in to sign, she said, I'm, I just can't make it. Wow. So. And they have to sign in person, correct? 
They have well, they can sign notary. before a notary, notary. Uh, at least. Well, you actually with a trust in Texas, you don't actually have to have it notarized. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Um, the power of attorney, if you're dealing with real estate, has to be recorded in the county where the property is located, okay. at least within a short period of time of the transaction. Well. So I said to the family, she said, we just, she's uh, on, on hospice now, and she's not getting, she's getting worse every day. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, there's plan B. So instead of the trust that we created where mom would sign, remember, in the power of attorney, she had given us two years ago the ability to create trust. Mm-hmm. So the agent signed on behalf of, of mom, you can't do this, by the way, in a will, but in a trust you could. We gave the ability to do it. So it's sad the same beneficiaries. We just changed it the way she wanted. Right. She wanted to protect her family. It wasn't changing necessarily any beneficiaries. Right. It was just she wanted to have the ability to have a trust to do what she wanted. So the agent signed the trust. The power of attorney was recorded, and the tr- and the and that day that it was signed. She died. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Remember, the power of attorney terminates on death, so it has to be done before sure. the person passed. And we're talking just minutes or hours. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. So never really had that happen before. Of course, if the agent signed afterwards, then they could have liability. Of course, in this case, everybody was getting uh, the same portion, so I don't know what liability would be, but still you need to do it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the ability to mm-hmm. create a trust had things by the extra power that had been done by her two years ago was gave us the ability to do what she wanted, to protect her family, to make it easier, to avoid probate, to protect her daughter from the um, son-in-law. Classic. Yeah. So we think of that as a success, mm-hmm. save their not having to, not only have to go in through probate, but protecting her family. Now, we had another one, um, and I'll go over some extra powers in just a second, but mm-hmm. it was a similar thing. But it was a little bit different uh, in the fact that now Dad had had a, a stroke and had some sort of um, other, other thing, some sort of dementia, where he no longer had mental capacity. Also... In the power of attorney, there was the ability to do different types of trust. So it's not just a revocable trust. In this one, there was the ability to do irrevocable trust. Well, Dad may need care for years. Now, remember in last week's show, we talked about all sorts of different types of ways of doing irrevocable trust. Remember, we talked about a trust where you get the income, but it was a completed gift, a trust for life insurance so it wouldn't be part of your estate. We talked about split interest trust a little bit with charitable contributions. We talked about uh, the ability for in uh, for VA, you do different things. So if you have a home that sells, it won't count or lose your VA benefits. Uh, we talked about on a, on for Medicaid that if you could, as long as it's an irrevocable trust, then you can't name it as a beneficiary, uh, but it could still be part of your estate for estate tax purposes. We briefly mentioned those different trials. So mm-hmm. on that latter one, that last one, that would be, in this case, Dad may live for a while. He was only... 
I think he was late 70s, so mm-hmm. he could live for certainly for more than five years. So uh, we talked about there was going to be $850,000 put into the irrevocable trust uh, to protect more assets. So she would, they would, if Dad did live long enough, uh, the 850 wouldn't be subject to spend down. He didn't have adequate insurance or income. Uh, so we there was the ability. So now I'm not saying that's the normal case. I'm just saying that most people uh, don't have the authority to create trust, and there could be other types of trust. So, for example, uh, for Medicaid, speaking of that, uh, if you and this is a much more common thing that what I just mentioned was very uncommon. Probably, if you have that amount of money, you probably should just pay for your own care. Right. But in any event, the uh, that's what occurred in that particular case. Mm-hmm. Uh, more commonly is to the ability to create a qualified income trust. There's a different type of trust. The trust, if your income exceeds the cap, which as of January 1st, 2024, is $2,829 a month. Uh, for Medicaid, if you go, let's say, into a nursing home or if you're getting care at home and where the state pays somebody to get 35 hours a week of care, uh, you may have to create an income trust well, if you didn't have long-term care insurance or inadequate income, to be able to get eligibility for Medicaid, you have to have the ability for the agent to, or for the person to sign a qualified income trust. And if you don't, you need to have it in the power of attorney. Okay. So you, we need to have that in your financial power of attorney, and the standard statutory language doesn't about, allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. So how do you open up a bank account? Many banks will say you don't have the authority because it's not in the power of attorney. Mm. So anyway, the ability to create trust is one of those extra powers that you could have to make a bad situation into a good situation to protect you or your family. And that's the key. Uh, And that sounds like something that a lot of people at least need to consider for their estate plan. And Michael has brought up something that I think is fascinating and has to be discussed amongst yourselves and probably to be asked about more at the next workshop because you may have questions just from this program alone or they may evolve after this program, but you should attend his next workshop, which is next week, which is Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, you've been doing these workshops forever now. They're very successful, to use the word success story, um, because they help a lot of people and they help them with their individual circumstances and then they get to listen to other stories that are going on, other problems that people are having or questions they have, and they can internalize those as well. So tell us about the workshop. Yeah, you're right. It's free. It's two hours. It's whatever it is that you want to know. Uh, it could be about powers of attorney like we talked about today or wills or trust or estate planning in other ways that we've kind of mentioned here mm-hmm. or anything else in connection with estate planning or public benefits. Uh, we've mentioned uh, that with the QIT, the Qualified Income Trust. Uh, we don't know what questions will be asked. Every workshop is different because we never know what questions there are. Uh, we we ask at the very beginning, what do you want to know? And then we write down those questions on a board. We proceed to answer those questions in addition to having a more basic um slideshow, for lack of better words, Mm -hmm. a PowerPoint presentation that would kind of go over some of the basics. So uh, to attend as free estate planning essentials workshop, which, by the way, if you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, you get an additional hour free 
uh, to have a vision meeting. So if you didn't want to ask the question but just wanted to listen uh, and then talk privately, then we will give you a free one-hour vision meeting to discuss your individual situation, whether you did ask questions or not at the workshop. But you do have to go to the workshop to get this free meeting. Uh, to do that, all you have to do to get that three free hours of legal education without cost is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas Elder. Lawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. In addition to having something for uh, breakfast, like a, or maybe let's say a pastry or a cookie or a donut or whatever, you get a free KWM coffee mug. I know it may be past Christmas, but it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mrs. Folgers would have been proud of the KWAM coffee mugs. Really? Yes. I, well, I think she would. Is that a, is that a really a person, Mrs. Folgers? Is it I, I I don't. I, you know, I haven't talked to her lately. <laughs> okay. If I did, uh, well, I have some extra powers. Okay. Maybe I haven't put that in the power of attorney yet, but maybe I should think about adding that in a future date. I tend to agree. <laughs> we need you to attend Michael's next workshop because you need to be current on what's going on, especially in 2024. It's here. And it came up fast. Like um, Bill said to Mike in The Grapes of Wrath, how did you become bankrupt? Well, slowly and then suddenly. Well, same with the the new year. It's here now and it's suddenly right in front of you and you need to address Issues that affect your family, your estate planning, your government assistance, and Michael can really help you with that. So attend his next workshop on Tuesday, January the 9th, 10 o'clock. It's free and it's in person. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Our Dallas Elder Lawyer, Michael Cohen, he's kind of like a handyman. So you have, you have some things wrong with your home and you have a handyman come to your house. And the handyman assesses everything. And then he goes back out to his truck and he comes back in with his toolbox. And that toolbox has a lot of things in it. And Michael has taught me over the years that in his toolbox, he has so many ways to fix things, so many devices and tools that he can use. And I just get the feeling that when it comes to estate planning, a lot of people, including me in the beginning, nowhere near as much today, think about death. You don't think about while you're alive and that's where this power of attorney tool comes from, whether it's Lady Bird deed, transfer upon death, um, enhanced life and state, all these tools Michael has. And this is this POA that I call it in my writing here on my laptop, I think is very important, Michael. And it seems like you've emphasized that very well today. It's a cheap disability planning document. Basically, mm -hmm. it's during life, usually used if the person lacks capacity or can't act for some reason. And so it gives somebody else the authority course it's got to be somebody you trust mm -hmm. to be able of course and but you can always revoke it thank god uh so okay. sometimes you do revoke it we mm -hmm. had one this week oh i mm -hmm. no longer trust my son i want my grandson to Terrible. be the agent that's sad. so uh you know so it's not a, anything you could do any of these documents generally you could always change good. as long as you have mental capacity good so uh it's just an extra it's whatever you want to do and in, in, in you know these extra powers that we're mentioning here we started to talk about you don't have to do them. Mm -mm. You just what usually we we do is we say, okay, here's the good and the bad. Do you want to do this or mm -hmm. you don't want to do this? Mm -hmm. Here's the uh, so here's the pros and here's the cons. So mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you'll have, for example, uh, another hot power is uh, 
changing a beneficiary designation. Oh, gee, I don't know. Would I want to do that or not? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if your beneficiary has become disabled? Mm -hmm. Do I want to be able to change it to a disability trust? You know, if they're on public benefits, I don't know. Do you want to take that risk? On the other hand, it could be that somebody has some sort of Mm self-dealing, and there's there's some risk there. Do you want to give the ability to make gifts? Well, that could be fine. Uh, You know, remember we've talked about on a prior show the annual gift-giving exclusion going up to $18,000 as of January 1st. Uh, We talked about uh, sometimes for estate planning that you want. And so you could have it, either no gift-giving or it could give up to the annual exclusion. Remember we talked also. Also about the ABLE account last week, uh, mm-hmm. achieving a better life experience. So for the disabled child to put 18000 in that account, um, uh, the – uh, you could have it where you could have unlimited gifting. So sometimes in public benefits planning, because it's means tested, there's different way to do transfer planning to save more than the annual. It could be broad gift giving. So you could say I could give the ability to make gifts for public benefits. Mm-hmm. It could be that you want to maybe change a paid on, uh, maybe may change a right of survivorship account. Maybe that person uh, that you name as a survivor, there's some is about to be. Uh, sued, and you had them on the joint account. Do we want them on the account? Do we want to give you the ability? On the other hand, they can make it to themselves as a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to have, let's say you only had two agents, one uh, in an alternate, and one of them has died, and the other one is going to be sick, and you've lost capacity. Do you want to give the power to substitute? Mm -hmm. Do we want to give, uh, for planning, the ability to partition assets like uh, on uh, for Medicaid reasons? Do we want to... uh, There's all all sorts of different extra things that you could do. What we do a lot of times is give all these, we kind of throw in a lot of times we throw in the kitchen sink. Of course, everybody could do different things. We mm-hmm. even had one with the IRS form that even after you died, the, the, you had the ability to do a tax return. And mm-hmm. uh, we saw that happen lately uh, as well. It could be any number of things. Uh, whether it be for creating that ladybird deed that you mentioned early just a minute ago, although it doesn't work for transfer on debt deed, it could, which you could say that in the documents to mm-hmm. avoid Medicaid estate recovery or just avoid uh, probate. So there's lots of different things, but it's just it's just like you say, tools in the toolbox, and you get to make the choices of whatever it is what's best for you at your whatever you like. And but to do that, just like the lady who. Who passed? She gave the ability for her child, her agent, to act to do things. So things went the way she wanted to make it as easier as possible. She avoided probate and she protected her family. So it's up to the person whether they want those abilities or not. And that's the key: uh, avoiding probate. Um, but the way to do that is to do to not do the one thing that so many people do, and that is procrastinate. Move now before it's there. Well, I'll wait till the end of the beginning of next year. No, 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 no. Move now. Take action now. Um, don't wait till 2025. Uh, do it today. Um, I'll wait till the election's over. No, no, no. Today. T- attend Michael's next workshop, which is Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com for Michael Cohen's next estate planning essentials workshop michael cohen thank you very much sir thank you dion and happy new year to all
leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. The talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.